वेलकम टू द मैराथन सीजन ऑफ नीटेबल एम डी एस की पाठशाला पॉडकास्ट आई एम योर होस्ट डॉक्टर एंड यू आर अटेबल ट्यून इन फॉर न्यू एपिसोड एवरी डे टिल द नीट एम डी एस ट्वेंटी ट्वेंटी टू एग्जाम इन दिस एपिसोड वील बी कंटिन्यूइंग विद पेरीडोंटोलॉजी सो विल बी लर्निंग सम क्वेश्चन एंड सम कॉन्सेप्ट रिगार्डिंग पेरीडोंटोलॉजी एंड द वेरियस चैप्टर्स सो इन दिस एपिसोड ऑफ पेरीडोंटोलॉजी will be covering the periodontium that is gingiva and the supporting structures as well as the periodontal microbiology so let's get started so the first question is what does dentogingival unit comprise of and the answer is it comprises of gingival fibers and junctional epithelium next question in normal gingiva stippling is seen and it is usually seen in the attached gingiva so stippling will be absent in is it in infants or is it in older people the correct answer is it is absent in both infants and older people similarly with age does the keratinization of gingiva increase or decrease the answer is it decreases with age next question after a tooth emerges to the occlusal plane The clinical crown height increases by which of the following is it due to passive eruption or due to active eruption the correct answer is passive eruption so active eruption is when the movement of teeth occurs in the occlusal direction to come into occlusion and passive eruption occurs when due to exposure of the teeth by apical migration of the gingiva next question which is the predominant type of collagen present in periodontal ligament the answer is type 1 type of collagen so just remember basic rule the predominant type of collagen in dentin cementum bone periodontal ligament and gingiva everywhere it will be type 1 collagen there will be other types of collagen also but the most predominant type will be type 1 collagen and what does basal lamina consist of which kind of collagen fibers it consists of type 4 collagen fibers next question The interradicular bone is which kind of bone is it compact or cancellous the correct answer is it is cancellous so on the facial and lingual portions of the sockets you will find compact bone the alveolar bone proper is also thin compact bone the interdental septum is cancellous bone enclosed within a compact border and the interradicular bone is cancellous bone Next important question is the gingival fiber group which inserts into the two adjacent teeth is is it the horizontal group circular group or transeptal group the correct answer is it is transeptal group also another important question regarding this transeptal group often arises is which is the common group of fibers between gingiva and periodontal ligament so it is again the transeptal group next question is how is the junctional epithelium attached to the enamel or in short it can also be asked as how is the gingiva attached to the enamel is it by hemidesmosomes desmosomes tight junctions or gap junctions the correct answer is it is attached by hemidesmosomes next question which is the common etiology of periodontitis is it occlusal trauma systemic factors or local irritating factors the correct answer is local irritating factors and which is the most important initiative factor for periodontitis is it calculus food debris or dental plaque the correct answer is dental plaque the plaque or the microbiological composition of the plaque they play a major role in gingivitis and periodontitis 
Next question. Which is the sticky polysaccharide present in dental plaque? Is it dextrin, glycogen or sucrose? The correct answer is dextrin. And it is because of this insoluble and sticky dextrin that dental plaque is able to adhere to the tooth surface. Next question. The predominant bacteria found in 2 days old plaque is Is it spirochetes, streptococci or actinomyces? The correct answer is streptococci. Then in later phases of plaque development, which is the organism that predominates? Is it staphylococci, streptococci or rods and filaments? The correct answer is rods and filaments. So there are a few points that you should pay attention to. The first one is early supragingival plaque contains gram-positive cocci and rods while mature supragingival plaque contains gram-negative rods and filaments. These are the organisms that cause gingivitis and bacteria found in gingivitis are localized in the gingival sulcus and very few may be present in the connective tissue. Then subgingival tooth associated plaque contains gram-positive cocci and rods which result in root surface caries. Example includes actinomyces viscosis. And subgingival tissue attached plaque contains gram-negative bacteria, examples being Porphyromonas gingivalis and bacterioids etc. And these may cause destruction of the periodontal tissue. Next question. Which of the following is first formed after tooth brushing? Is it A. Materia alba, B. Plaque, C. Pellicle or D. Calculus? The answer is C, that is pellicle. So what is a pellicle? Is it A, salivary protein, B, microorganisms or C, plaque? The correct answer is A, that is salivary protein. And this pellicle is a prerequisite for plaque formation. What is the difference between plaque and materia alba? The difference is presence of glycoprotein. Plaque has glycoprotein whereas materia alba does not have. Next, tell me whether the statement is true or false. Biofilm generally has an organized structure. The answer is this statement is true. Next, which is a glycoprotein that promotes new attachment and increased cell proliferation? Is it glycogen or fibronectin? The correct answer is fibronectin. Then, in periodontal disease, the ground substance is dissolved by which of the following? Is it A. Coagulase, B. Phosphorylase, or C. Hyaluronidase? The correct answer is C, that is Hyaluronidase. Next, which component of diet affects the plaque composition? Is it proteins, carbohydrate, or fats? The correct answer is carbohydrate. Another important question usually asked is, which of the following is or are the methods of transferring information in a biofilm? Is it A. Quorum sensing? B. Conjugation C. Plasmid transfer or D. All of the above The correct answer here is all of the above. All these methods can be used to transfer information in a biofilm. Basically, communication between the bacteria. Next, when is the number of bacteria in the oral cavity greatest? Is it in the morning, at night, after brushing or after meals? The correct answer is in the morning. Next, according to Glickman, Maximum accumulation of plaque takes place in approximately how many days? In 7 days, 15 days, 30 days or 60 days? The correct answer is in 30 days. And after cleaning and pumicing the tooth surfaces, the plaque formation takes place within how much time? 
the answer is within half to 1 hour and once the enamel has been exposed to bacteria irreversible bacterial colonization takes place in how many hours is it 1 to 2 hours 24 hours or 2 to 4 hours the correct answer is 2 to 4 hours next question which is the predominant type of cell in the gingival cervical fluid is it mast cell plasma cell macrophage or polymorphonuclear leukocyte the correct answer is the last option that is pmnls and which is the predominant immunoglobulin in cervical fluid is it iga g m or e the correct answer is igg is the most predominant immunoglobulin in the gcf next which of the following is a method of measuring gcf is it a watman's filter paper b ph paper c litmus paper or d mylar strip the correct answer is a that is watman's filter paper so there are various techniques of collecting gcf the first one is placing a filter paper into the sulcus which is called as intraclavicular technique and it is also called as brill's technique because brill was the one who developed it The second one is placing a paper at the entrance of sulcus. This is an extracravicular technique and this was developed by Loos, Home and Pedersen. And the third technique is placing pre-weighted twisted threads or micro pipettes and cravicular washings. And this technique was developed by Weinstein. Then after collecting comes the methods of measuring the amount of GCF in which the first method is the wetted area of the filter paper is stained with ninhydrin. and is measured planimetrically under microscope the second method is an electronic method by using fluid collected on a blotter paper that is perio paper and employing electronic transducer called periotron now guess whether the statement is true or false plaque is considered to be an infection the statement is true why is it true because it is an infection because antibiotics prevent its formation Its presence is evidence of bacterial growth and it is communicable between experimental animals and probably humans. Basically, it follows the Koch postulates. And so, plaque is considered as an infection. Next, gingival fluid is a transudate or an exudate? The answer is it can be either of the two. Some theories say that it is a transudate and some theories say that it is a exudate. Next, which is the bacterial enzyme detected in the gingival cervical fluid? Is it fibronectin, cytokines, or phospholipase? The correct answer is phospholipase. So while we are at this, let's discuss the composition of GCF. The enzymes in GCF are acid phosphatase, alkaline phosphatase, beta glucuronidase, hyaluronidase, lactic acid hydrogenase, collagenase, and phospholipase. the cellular elements comprise of 91.2 to 91.5% pmnls and 8.5% of mononuclear cells then electrolytic components such as sodium potassium calcium and fluoride are also present in gcf apart from this metabolic and bacterial products such as lactic acid hydroxyproline prostaglandins endotoxin cytotoxic substance such as hydrogen sulfide and urea these are also found in gcf and organic compounds can also be found such as carbohydrates with 3 to 4 times greater concentration than serum glucose glucose hexosamine 
अनहेक्सुरोनिक एसिड प्रोटीन्स विच आर ऑफ लेसर कॉन्सेंट्रेशन दैन सीरम प्लाज्मा प्रोटीन्स आई जी जी प्रोडोमिनेटली लिपिड्स सच एज फॉस्फोलिपिड्स एंड न्यूट्रल लिपिड्स ऑल दीज आर द कॉम्पोनेंट्स ऑफ जी सी एफ नेक्स्ट द ग्रीन स्टेन्स फ्रीक्वेंटली सीन ऑन चिल्ड्रंस टीथ आर कॉज बाय विच बैक्टेरिया स्पेशल टाइप ऑफ बैक्टेरिया दे आर क्रोमोजेनिक बैक्टेरिया सो आई डिस्कस सम स्टेन्स विद यू फर्स्ट वन इज ब्राउन स्टेन विच इज़ ड्यू टू लैक ऑफ ओरल हाइजीन सेकेंड इज टोबैको स्टेन विच इज़ टेनेशियस डार्क ब्राउन और ब्लैक डिपॉजिट्स कॉज बाई यूज ऑफ टोबैको ब्लैक स्टेन्स और ग्रीन स्टेन्स कैन बी कॉज बाई क्रोमोजेनिक बैक्टेरिया सच एज एस्परजलिस एंड पेनीसिलियम ऑरेंज स्टेन कैन बी कॉज बाई सरेशिया मार्सेंसिस एंड क्लोरेक्सिडीन स्टेन इज अ येलोइ ब्राउन डिस्कलरेशन ड्यू टू प्रोलॉन्ग यूज ऑफ क्लोरेक्सिडीन Another important thing to discuss is the supragingival and subgingival calculus and its differences. The first difference is of the color. Supragingival calculus is white or whitish yellow in color, while subgingival is dense, dark brown or greenish black in color. The consistency of supragingival calculus is hard clay-like consistency, while subgingival calculus has hard flint-like consistency. Then the source of supragingival calculus is saliva. and so it is also called as salivary calculus while the mineral source for subgingival calculus is gcf and so it is also called as serumal calculus the major crystal forms in supragingival calculus are hydroxyapatite and octacalcium phosphate while in subgingival calculus it is hydroxyapatite and magnesium bitlocite then supragingival calculus is less mineralized 30% mineralized while subgingival calculus is 60% mineralized Supragingival calculus is formed before gingivitis and subgingival calculus is formed after gingival inflammation. And finally, as per ease of removal, supragingival calculus is easier to remove while it is difficult to remove the subgingival calculus. Now last, I'll discuss a case with you. A patient has callosis, angular stomatitis, glossitis, red itching eyes. and the periodontal surgery that was performed one week ago has not healed properly so the patient might be suffering from deficiency of which of the following vitamins is it a thymine b riboflavin c tocopherol or d calciferol the correct answer is b that is riboflavin so vitamin deficiencies adversely affect the periodontium So let me conclude this episode by telling you about some vitamin deficiencies and their periodontal manifestations. Vitamin A deficiency can lead to hyperkeratosis, hyperplasia of gingiva and increased pocket formation. Vitamin D deficiency can lead to osteoclastic resorption of alveolar bone. Niacin deficiency leads to necrosis of gingiva. Riboflavin deficiency leads to severe lesions of the gingiva and the periodontal tissues such as the one we just saw in the case. Folic acid deficiency that is B12 deficiency can lead to necrosis of the gingiva, PDL and alveolar bone without any inflammation. And vitamin C deficiency can lead to hemorrhages, collagen destruction and edema of gingiva also called as boggy gums. and it also interferes with bone formation and leads to retarded healing so this brings us to the end of this episode 
where we discussed about gingiva and the supporting structures as well as periodontal microbiology i hope you enjoyed it i'll see you in the next episode till then happy learning neatables